Hey, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4 Presents Podstalgic, a film podcast on core temp arts. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a podcast? Welcome to another episode of Podstalgic. This is a podcast where we take a nostalgic look and rediscover movies new and old. But for this episode, we are going to cover the 2019 release of Rocket Man, which is a biopic um, musical, musical biopic. I'm going to say musical. Okay. Yeah. Um, about the life of Elton John. Yay, Elton John. So um, joining me is Allegra. The person absent from this podcast is Peter. Um, he let me have the keys to the Ferrari Allegra. Yes. I'm taking it to for a spin. Look at you. All right. So I'm talking about. Am I the, um, the, the chick? In the passenger seat. Yes, you are the the Coke. You are the arm candy. (laughs) Coke as in Coca-Cola or something else? Yeah, Coca-Cola, clearly. I think you're getting influenced by this biopic, by the way. (laughs) I think you're being influenced. (laughs) So this film stars uh, Taron Edgerton, which I only know through the Kingman movies. Same. Right? Uh, Kingsman, I guess, is the name of the movie. Um, uh, Also, Jamie Bell. Uh, well, let's start off again. Taron Edgerton plays Elton John. Uh, Jimmy Bell plays Bernie Taupin, which is the writing writer to Elton's. He writes the lyrics to Elton's music. Mm-hmm. In essence, they're a team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Madden plays John Reed, which ended up being his manager. And Bryce Dallas Howard playing uh, Elton's mom. His mama. Yeah. Yes. Sheila. So that was pretty cool. Yes. Also, the film is uh, written by. It is written by Lee Hall. And it's directed by Dexter Fletcher. Okay. See? See? You're more than arm candy, Allegra. <laughs> I can read, too. <laughs> yeah. See? That's good. <laughs> right, let me start off by asking you a question. Yeah. Um, since you're the guest here in Postalgic. In uh, Postalgic world. Yes. Um, what did you think of the movie overall? So, I typically... Tip, blip, 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 let's try it again. Yeah. <laughs> I typically... I'm not a huge fan of musicals. I tend to like, if I like a musical, I tend for it to be a dark type of musical, something like the Chicago's where women were killing people or um, all that jazz is my all time favorite. It's the twisted story of Bob Fosse um, or like down with love, which we were just talking about. We were talking about musicals that we do like, um, which start, um, Ewan McGregor and uh, Renee, Renee Zell- Zellweger, which was a lot of innuendo making fun about 50s, um, early 60s musicals and romantic comedies. So, yes, I am typically not a um, a musical type person, but I have to say that for a musical, which they're not singing every two seconds, but it is a musical, it was beautifully done. It was done in a way that was not annoying and that had a fantastic imagery. And um, I really found myself loving it. Uh, I got into it and I was like, wait, I'm really invested in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, so I, I'm going to answer my own question here. I, I'm going to st- take it a step beyond. I hate musicals. Yes. This is not my genre of choice. Granted, there are, um, for me, like I did like Down With Love because it was funny. It was a very good comedy. Mm-hmm. It was a musical. and I, So to me, I'm like, I tolerate your musical numbers in the middle of a good story. If you have a really good story and it's not corny, like break into song, just I don't know where for no freaking reason. So that's my take on musicals. In, in, and so the, the other musical I would say I would like is like Blues Brothers, which is technically a musical because they do go into like a restaurant and start doing a number. But the, the thing is the music in those because it's all blues, rhythm and blues, basically, in, yep. in like, for instance, in the Blues Brothers. That's, and it has, like, I mean, I'm not gonna, like, be upset at Cab Calloway and Aretha Franklin and, and James Brown, you know what I mean, in your in your movie. Correct. So that's what that is. So to me, it's like, oh, I love these fucking songs. So I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, I don't mind you breaking into song for no freaking re- apparent reason, right? Correct, because it was all Motown right. or, or right. Um, R&B based. Yeah. So, and, and for me, the, 
the classic ones, like for instance, like West Side Story, I can't stand. Ugh. You know, as a kid, I was forced to watch it like multiple times. I can't stand it. Um, tolerated like the sound of music or something like that, which I can see the appeal to it, but I still I can't I can't watch that movie again. You know, or um, or last not last year but two years ago um, uh, with La La Land, which I was, thought was just garbage, horrid, hot I, garbage. I just did not like it at all. It was lame, and they couldn't sing. The leads could not carry a tune that well was was bad so with that said rocket man i fucking love this movie like mm-hmm. i love this movie i thought it was brilliant i thought it was beautiful it was so it was dark in many places yes right? absolutely but also had a lot of bright spots and of course the music i mean i again i'm a, I'm a fan of elton john so i love the music already mm-hmm. i'm very familiar with it so to me i wasn't going to be be turned off by that um so overall um you know i saw it as just a, a like a it's a very like elaborate medium to tell us somebody's self like self discovery self introspection i guess Mm -hmm. right like a Um, um, self-assessment yeah 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 assessment self-assessment of their whole life biography if you You know well i mean it is a biography Mm -hmm. but i'm just saying like the essence of this film to me is elton john being like self uh um just learning about himself reflective it was beyond reflective to me because you can reflect about your life and be like oh this happened that happened that happened no he was like analyzing himself Mm. and why he is who he is and Mm -hmm, who he mm -hmm, is mm -hmm. do you know who you are i mean the thing the question throughout the movie was do you know who you are right which he was asking himself which he was answering throughout do you know what i mean right so it's self-reflection to like nth degree and the whole movie was that and it and it and it brought a lot of emotions it was it was brilliant it was fucking brilliant and um our lead not only could act but could sing mm-hmm. and sing really well and everybody in the just about except for the man playing his dad could sing yeah you know what i mean bryce Hello. dallas howard had a yeah. really surprisingly um lovely voice I I had heard inklings of her being able to carry a tune, but it was really nice to hear her voice. It was really good. And I will say that even um, the two young versions of uh, Elton John, which Mm -hmm. were Reggie, you know, young Reggie's, uh, the youngest version, Matthew uh, Leslie is his name. Brilliant. You know, again, a kid, by the way, now (laughs) here's another thing. It's like, you know, Allegra doesn't hate children, but she doesn't like them to sing. Yeah, I hate when children are singing. I'm, I said it. I don't care. And don't, I don't at me either. I don't care either way, but it could be irritating. But to me, this kid was good. And Kid Connor, who plays the older version of him, probably like a 12-year-old, I would say, right? 12, yeah, 14? 12, 12, 13, somewhere in the preteen to early teen. Before going into like a high school. Yeah. Because he was trying to trying out for this like uh, art. Uh, mu- prestigious art Prestigious college. music yeah, school, yeah, yeah, right? exactly. So this kid, like early teens or whatnot, was really good too. So as far as like singing is concerned, I can picture those being the younger version of of Elton John at that point, known as Reggie, um, being able to carry those tunes and all that. And it was very natural, even at the piano, you know, which you know you can see people playing instruments if they're not familiar with it, it it'll show sometimes. It didn't really show to me anyway. It didn't really show that any actor was not as cohesive with the piano right do you know what i mean yes they did that very well and as far as the musical numbers because it is a musical like they really incorporated the music into the scenes really well mm-hmm. so i mean overall i can't believe i'm gushing over this thing it's, it was wonderful i had a great time throughout the first number was the most musical-esque <laughs> like classic musical-esque scene yeah. and i know you you're allegro tell me after the fact like you were like oh my god is this gonna <laughs> Just are we gonna, gonna have to walk I, out of this yeah thing? are we gonna have to leave because it was such the first <laughs> musical number was such a musical number right like it was out the of the 50s stereotypical, it was even in the 50s yes or 60s right i think 60s but it was out of the early 60s basically mm-hmm. and it looked like straight up like out of like west side story or something mm-hmm. like that and i was like but it didn't bother me it was so funny because i'm going well you know what that's okay because I know Elton John's music and I'm going to give it a shot and see what's up. And we haven't even got our lead yet, you know, right. our, our uh, you know, um, uh, as far as like the what, adult what he can do. Right. So I'll let this slide. And but if it's going to be like this the whole time, oh, my God. And, but then soon enough, we had a really great musical number to me, which was um, when they did Saturday 
when he was when he went from that teenage version and in the middle of the the routine was the adult version right man it was that was a fucking cool scene amazing amazing scenes throughout um which we'll i guess get into when yeah, we get into the getting, spoiler get into section it. oh god oh you know what i just spoiled a bunch too <laughs> this is I know, bad i, was I feel like, terrible uh, now <laughs> looking at you like uh Okay, for all of you who don't know who this guy Elton John is, he's a famous <laughs> singer. And I just mentioned songs that were are from his discography. So I haven't really said anything too far no, fetched, right? Too okay. Bad. I'm not going into his personal deep dive no. kind of stuff that they're gonna go into into the film. Yes. So with that said, I am going to now um go ahead and put a clip from the movie <laughs> so that so that we can get into spoilers because I'm gonna like Get all over the spoilers. Yeah, you stuff. were gushing so was hard, I you really? forgot that we needed to not I hope I didn't spoil be anything. spoilery. Okay. I, if I but did, I think I you're cool. I okay, think you're I'm cool. Okay, I think so you're, I'm gonna you're, like I'm gonna go ahead and how and, the arm candy saved it. God, you're more than arm candy, Olivia. <laughs> Don't ever sell yourself short. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and uh, put a um an ad or a uh, trailer for the film, and then after the trailer, we're gonna get into spoils, spoil, <laughs> spoiler stuff. Um, you know more spoilers than I would have done already I guess <laughs> alright I'll see you on the flip side I could hear the whole tune in my head it was all there I could see all the notes and I just had to get it out it's a little bit funny this feeling inside what did you say your name was again? my name is Reggie! Reginald Dwight. Reginald? That's my granddad's name. So how does a fat boy from nowhere get to be a soul man? You gotta kill the person you were born to be in order to become the person you want to be. I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. But that's my name. Yeah, I know. You could be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold. Why are you still something flashy? Can you even play the piano in those? Let them know who you are. And just don't kill yourself with drugs. So how does it feel to be a star? It's never going to last. Let's just enjoy it while we can. sleeping arrangements get out all of this is gone i just hope you realize you're choosing a life of being alone forever don't you want to just sing without this ridiculous paraphernalia people don't pay to see reg white they pay to see elton john sorry How much pressure I'm under? Not really. I'll still be collecting my 20% long after you've killed yourself. Maybe I should have tried to be more ordinary. You were never ordinary. All right, we're back now to the spoiler <laughs> section. <laughs> if you haven't figured that out already, because I didn't tell you until now. <laughs> um, first thing I wanted to mention was um, it's interesting what um, 70s and 80s considered um, fat, because one of the things that um, that Elton John kind of described himself in in the movie was this fat kid, you know, who wanted to write songs or whatever and play music. And I was like, but he wasn't though. <laughs> um, it was just, it was interesting to see like how images, body um, images are, are seen in different decades. It's just very interesting to me. Um, this is not a fat shaming or body shaming kind of situation. I think that everyone has a right to be whoever they want to be and um, whatever feels right and healthy and natural. But I just thought it was interesting, you know, like what those times, you know, 
thought body was you know and what health and all that kind of stuff was so it was interesting to see that because I looked at him and I was like what and even when they um showed like the, um, the different clips at the end of you know the actual clips of Elton John and then you know the actor um playing Elton John and they showed those kind of side by side um costume like clips I was like what <laughs> he looked like a normal human being you know yeah it's like um yeah i think it's it has to do with the 70s being the age of twiggy and whatnot mm-hmm. it was a really big push for skinny it's really really skinny not even what you would consider thin but even thinner than that you know and you're right it's like because of the way that um that society wants us to look or mm-hmm. be seen as or whatever, then anything outside of that is considered abnormal. Right. When really everybody is normal depending on what they're about. You know, you're, but your shape is your shape. Your you shape know? is your shape, you, yep. Some people can never be really skinny because they are like, they maybe have broad shoulders and broad hips or whatever. Absolutely. And so you have to carry that weight somehow. So it doesn't matter. And vice versa, you can't bulk up if you don't have a certain body type. So uh, it's, it's all about the like, normalization of certain looks and everything else is abnormal you know and that's Mm -hmm. where you get into like you know dangerous ground right so and you're right he wasn't he's just he absolutely stocky little dude basically you know that's really what it was right right yeah he wasn't nothing out of the ordinary absolutely um yeah that's funny uh i i um i want to ask you what do you think of i mean the music in general you know we know it's alton john's like basically you know his his uh a lot of his um catalog of music. main catalog right mm-hmm. like probably the hits it seemed like yeah but what do you think of the music in general like maybe maybe ask a little more specific question because there's one scene where um i can't remember that the, the character's name but it's the woman who ended up marrying him they got married right um and there's a scene where they're in the studio and she says basically to you know paraphrasing here uh something to the effect of your music has so much emotion because mm-hmm. it's you basically mm-hmm. in essence like you're writing about yourself in a very personal manner yeah and that must be very lonely and i think that's why he maybe i wouldn't say fall, fell in love but l- maybe really appreciated and loved her to a certain extent because she understood that what he wrote was very personal like right. and <clears throat> and with that said and i, I think there's one thing that i really enjoyed about this film is that because the music is so personal it made it really fit well to the different parts of his life as he was writing these songs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, with Bernie. So they were writing songs and they were so personal, but they fit that part of his life right. or that era of his life, I should yeah. say. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I too am a huge Elton John fan. Um, as as far back as I can remember appreciating him. Um, and... I think that's the appeal is that he was able to um, sing from the heart and sing about personal experiences. Now, from what I can understand it, Bernie wrote a lot of the songs, a lot of Elton John's songs, but it it was very collaborative and um, they had a relationship. And so I would, I would, I would assume, I don't know all the, person i'm not i wasn't there i wasn't in the details and the movie though showed the relationship between the two it wasn't they didn't go into detail about just how their process worked okay but from what i could gather it seemed like once they clicked with each other which they clicked right away when they met it seemed like the collaboration was built from the love that they shared between each other, that kind of brotherly love. Although I felt like in the beginning, Elton was probably falling for Bernie. And then when Bernie was like, um, but I am straight, dude, <laughs> I love you like a brother, but nah, nothing. He didn't say that, of course, <laughs> but, um, 
I think what happens is when you are that close to someone and you guys are working that close together, you can't help but pick up and see and bear witness to the life of the person that you're collaborating with. So I think he was inspired. He as in Bernie was inspired by Elton and the life that Elton was living and therefore was able to probably tap into a lot of what Elton was feeling. And then when Elton put it into music, and the interpretation I got was that Elton was a bit of a prodigy. Um, so I just, I think that's the biggest appeal of Elton is that he and Bernie could create these songs that not only were showing what Elton was feeling, but could tap into a relatability that everyone, you know, has with what Elton was feeling. Because everyone wants love. Everyone wants to be accepted. Everyone wants to be who they are meant to be and who they are aspiring to be. Everyone is go- goes through certain levels of you know, identity and trying to find your identity. And that was basically what the story was about was how is Elton John trying to get his identity trans um, transitioning from Reggie to white to Elton John, you know? Right. So, and, and to this day, there are certain Elton John songs that I can listen to and feel choked up, if not burst out into tears. You know, like your song is one of your the song songs. Will make me cry. Just absolutely and it, and it will. off the bat. And 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 I didn't, you know. And there's a certain feeling for it. It's so funny you say that, Allegra, because there's certain certain music has certain feeling, mm-hmm. right? And and even if, for instance, I'm not paying attention to the lyrics, I get the gist of what the song is about. And that your song is one of those. But to be honest with you, and and it's not like I don't know some of the lyrics, the main ones, obviously the the. But but there's this with the way it was like performed in this movie, and the way kind of he came onto the piano at home. He can't. He moved back home. To, with his mother he brought bernie with him they were living together trying to work a song as a songwriting team and he gets on the piano with some lyrics that bernie gave him and he starts singing and everybody kind of gathers from different areas of the house to where elton is is playing and singing yeah, they stop and, I'm in li- the and i'm listening to the lyrics and i'm like holy shit these lyrics are what he's feeling at that moment even though bernie wrote them but he is feeling those lyrics and that's where later on when we get the scene with his, um, you know, with his future wife at that point, like saying, oh, you write from the, almost like you write from the heart. This is you. This is your emotion. This is all your soul going into this song. Whatever song you write, that's what makes you so damn good. Right. On top of the fact that he was a prodigy, you know, he was like basically brilliant genius in the, at the piano. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that to me, you're right. Your song is one, you know, tiny dancer is another one that tiny gets you like really, song, because yeah. then you have the arrangement too on top of that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But your song is such a like kind of very like, I wouldn't say bare bones, but just like really broken down songs. It's a song that's not like very elaborate, but God damn, those lyrics are amazing. And the music is amazing. And Elton singing it is amazing. And mm-hmm. that one does choke me up. And, you know, and there is a bit of a history with that song for me through a f- close friend of mine who lost his mother, mm-hmm. who was a big Elton John fan. And that was their song. And, and that song actually fucking is describes her yeah. in my mind. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause she was such an awesome person, yep. you know, who, who, who died so young and 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 just a brilliant you know and the world would be better with her the world was better with her in, in a sense you know in, in this part of the lyrics in the song so when he's singing that i'm like holy crap i i got misty-eyed and i straight up cried once in this movie and got misty-eyed like three in three different locations because of the music and because of his story his right. story was very it was very emotional and 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 i love how this film and, and the director you know the writing of of course the, the the screenplay but the way it was directed i don't know if anybody could have done it better i don't know if it could have been done better i have no idea how they could tell this man's story who who he is mm-hmm. in a better way to sure. be honest with you and the casting was superb so with all that said it was just they they got my emotions in a musical of all things. You know what I mean? Right. It's so funny. You know, I keep shitting on musicals because I will do that for the rest of my life. But that's besides the point. <laughs> it was just the music played as big of a role. And I think maybe this is why I like this movie so much. The music was another, the songs, I'm sorry, were another character 
in itself that were a part of this. Right. And when he was going through his ups and downs and all the emotional roller coasters and turmoils, that was the songs that were being put in there and they were like perfect. It was, I mean, you know how people say there are soundtracks to their lives and we got to see in a very public way the soundtrack to Elton John's life through his discography, right? Through his catalog of music. And the way, and so I thought um, it was very clever that they took a lot of the tropes that you see within musicals, but twisted them in a way that made it more palatable for for non-musical audiences. You know what I mean? And um, I thought it was very interesting to in how they fuse a lot of imagery to kind of tell this story of this very, um, and excuse the term, but flamboyant um, personality who, you know, from all outward appearances, it seemed like he was confident and strong and knew exactly who he was and all of this kind of stuff. But really, they took that imagery, they took that music, and they told the story of how he was really just struggling with being accepted and being loved and taking the music that he was creating for the world and telling that story of his struggle. And I thought that was very interesting. And the imagery that they used to show that was fantastic. That first scene where he performs at the Troubadour. Fantastic. Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. It, I came out of this movie thinking that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful telling of someone's essence and life. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe how well... It was done. And I was going, to be honest with you, I was going in there with high, high-ish high expectations. Mm. Not necessarily low. It was definitely not medium. It was more on the high end because of the discography, right? I'm thinking, oh my God, you cannot mess up that discography. You cannot mess up that work. Right. I, you know, in my mind, right? So, right. of course, with that, you can set yourself up for, for, for uh, disappointment or whatever. Not at all. I was actually like it was better than i expected in Mm. my mind and i was going in there looking for it to be a good movie and it turned out to be great and i think a lot of it has to do with who the you know who is going to carry such a big personality because with all the doubt with all the you know search search for love which his mother told him he'll never find which is something that's just i mean we're just gonna kind of put that out there we're gonna talk about that but the mother and father in his life and the fact that you have the rejection from the father and the mother basically tell him he'll never be loved right because he's gay mm-hmm. right um and for Taryn Edgerton to carry a lot of that in his face yeah that face acting man who man uh, i'm talking about a lot of close ups of this man mm-hmm. playing Elton John carrying the weight of this man's life which went through the father rejection, the mother rejection in essence and, yeah. and abuse, mental yeah. abuse. Yeah. Um, the fact that he was a gay man in this business hiding that and yet, you know, like being told by his mother, he can't be, he can't love ever. He'll never be loved, right? You know, going through his, looked like his early 20s, trying to figure stuff out and pre- pretty much being played by his manager in essence. Absolutely. Rob um, Stark was terrible. Right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> all, all that and then going through trying to find out who he really was by trying to kill you know his first self and then becoming elton john and what does that mean he's still kind of lost and then losing himself in drugs and alcohol and like mm-hmm. all the drugs and all the alcohol mm-hmm. and sex and all the sex mm-hmm. and and going through this ad- addiction like throughout right. a large chunk of his you know of this part of the movie and and almost killing himself and just all these things that were happening, they're very dark, going to very, very dark places, pushing away the one person that loved him mm-hmm. throughout this movie. Bernie's the friend that he's had. And again, it wasn't a romantic thing because Bernie wasn't, you know, into that. You know, that's not his thing, right? right. Um, and early on, said the boundaries, like, no, I'm not like that. I love you. I love you, but that's not how it's going to be. And right. Elton accepting that, yeah. And them loving each other. Right. They were 
brothers in essence, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they had this tremendous, like, you know, it shows through the film, tremendous respect and love for each other. But Elton's throwing him out, throwing right. him away, pushing him away. Right. And he, like a few times throughout the film when Bernie's telling him, hey, man, let's kind of like step it back a bit yeah. and let's go work together like we did in the old days, even like get away from this whole glitz or whatever. Right. And Elton pushed him away because he wasn't willing to, I guess, stop and really do something about his addictions and what really led to the addictions. Like right. what is really the root of this is not just the addiction. So there's something else behind that. Um, and it's interesting because we start off this film with him going to like a, a rehab of sorts, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was an AA or whatever, but it was a rehab of everything. And he's talking about all of his addictions and how it starts. And he lies about his dad. Right. His father who never hugged him once. Right. Father who started another family and was very affectionate, more a lot more affectionate Ooh. with his other sons. I wanted to slap the taste out of that father's mouth when and I then, saw that scene. And then his mother, who obviously didn't want to be with the dad and throwing it in his face, in essence, but the dad also not being there. So it's just like the dynamics were terrible. And the only person who really was backing him up was his grandma. His grandmother, yeah. You know, who saw the talent that he had and pushed to get him to that school or took him to the school um, and, and got him in you know basically helped him get enrolled into this this like school for gifted musicians which he was and then go from there right and supported his like you know the best she could i guess is rock and roll start beginning you know right and with with that said it's just like it's so deep there's so much going on with his life that again I had a, you know, I knew about his addiction peripherally. Like I had a, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, an idea mm-hmm. that he went through like drug and alcohol issues mm-hmm. or whatever. Not, you know, of course with this, you're going to delve right into it. And man, I did not realize how, how deep it was and how destructive it was. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, you know, m- we took my mom to see the movie as well and we were talking about it afterwards and, my mom says something that was very poignant, which was, it's so distressing to know that some of these great musicians, artists had such a tumultuous um, life. Why is it that so many of these fantastic artists come from such pain and anguish and and abuse, you know? And it's so, and that's where... We keep hearing, especially artists from that particular era, um, you know, up until probably recently, contemporary artists, I think they go through their own thing. But um, I, I don't know. I, I won't even say that. But what I will say is I when she said that, I was like, you know, you're right. There's so many artists that are phenomenal that we revere and that are people of stature they've worked themselves into a a situation where they're of stature and little do we know or if we find out it's always these really terrible heartbreaking backgrounds that they come from and that tends to be the driving force for their creativity Mm -hmm. so um we saw and and earlier i had said they did this kind of tropey thing of 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 telling the story but then they would flip it on its head a little bit because elton john is elton john you know what i mean so there was a probably a point i mean they showed it in the movie but also as a kid who is aware of the actual elton john I could see that transition. So like you were saying earlier, you kind of knew that there was some sort of weird background or something had happened to him to bring him to the I'm still standing point, you know. Um, But the fact that a lot of these artists go through things like that is pretty amazing. And the way that they told his story made it so that even though you felt sadness and sorrow and you knew he was coming from pain, it was told in a way that brought in his creativity to not make you be like, oh man, I feel so sad for him. You felt for him, but it wasn't like, oh, you know, not everything that his creative outlet was, was a result of the pain you know what i mean right 
He uh, had a lot. Of, I mean, there was a lot of highs and lows, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was, man, I kind of want to get into the music a little bit just because that was, again, integral part. But, mm-hmm. you know, with the musical numbers, particularly um, my favorite one, which was the Troubadour scene that was where he's scene. where he's playing um, uh, Crocodile Rock, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. Crocodile yes, Rock. you're right. So. And it's in, and part of it is that you're saying like uh, as far as like the imagery of what's going on when you do transitional scenes, when you do like uh, the musical numbers, and and for instance, some stuff that's like fantastic. It's kind of fantasy in essence, right. but it's really like like it's based. It's like it's like his his story, which is a real story, but almost like through his eyes of fantasy as yes. he's going through different things, including when he's in the stupor of drugs and alcohol, where you don't he doesn't even know what day it is. He he like you see him kind of fuzzy and going to sleep and waking up, doesn't know what city he's playing, that kind of stuff. And that was I thought that was played re- really well, because in, when it comes to like drug and alcohol abuse and movies and whatnot, there's different ways you can go about it cinematographically as far in, 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 in the way that you shoot these things yeah, to make it to yeah. kind of put you in a space and go. Hey, thank you. Sina. That's a better word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> English is hard. Um, and <laughs> in a way to like make you kind of almost as an audience member put you in kind of the the driver's seat of what's going on with any kind of character that's going through a drug alcohol abusive situation or whatever and i thought it was done really well with this but as far as like the troubadour scene he goes on he starts playing you know and people are like okay what's going on with this guy he's really good next thing you know he's rocking out the joint and he levitates like and all the was, and, and then the whole levitates. audience levitates which like oh, so, that, was that was a, a fantastic scene brilliant shots you know with the scene this is brilliant and that and and um you know again all the all the other numbers like after that you know like they really incorporated that so well but that was that was my favorite scene not, not overall scene but definitely musical number um and of many because there were so many good ones you know that and to me uh the end the last one i'm still standing um, because when, as he goes through rehab and does this, and we don't find out until the, almost towards the end of the film, how he ended up in rehab mm-hmm. with all the problems that were going on, mm-hmm. like how he got to that place and all the troubles and the pushing away of Bernie, who's a, like the closest friend he had, you know, and dealing with his manager, um, who, you know, was also his lover, uh, and, uh, played, uh, John Reed is the manager's name played by Richard Madden. Who wasn't shit really? Just trash. being a kind of a fuck boy, right? Yeah, he was um, a fuck boy. And but you know, like had a long relationship with him, and 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 him at the very end of the the rehab stint, going really kind of getting in touch with himself again. This is why I say it's like such a self, like he really opened himself up almost to us here in this film, um, and just basically going almost speaking to the 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 ghosts, I would say, of his mom, dad, himself. Uh, uh, of stepdad, of stepdad Bernie. Bernie, John, like all of them, basically, mm-hmm. and and not putting blame, but basically going, hey, you know, to his mom, especially. I really love this scene because he tells his mom, "You should. I'm sorry. You should. For, you know, we should forgive each other. I, I, I forgive you." So it's mm-hmm. like all the things that happen to him is like not holding on to those, so that he can dive right into the alcohol and drugs again, kind of thing, and like really let that go and really be self you know reflecting he just really did this like really self-cleansing of sorts throughout the whole movie i mean because of the rehabbing sure. not, not throughout the movie because he had to get in trouble first right well i love that he embraced his little boy self the reggie dwight part of him because he had spent all the movie trying to get rid of reggie dwight so for him to in rehab suddenly embrace that child part of him and you know, when he was like, I'm Elton John. And the little boy was like, I thought you were Reggie DeWight. And he was like, uh, he had, you know, it was just kind of like this constant, um, just trying to push it away. And then he finally embraced it. I'll tell you what scene I really loved. It was, it was a typical musical quote unquote scene, but they did it so fabulously. And it was, a, it was subtle, but not subtle was when he killed him tried to kill himself yes that was and they were pumping his stomach and the his manager uh rob stark aka john reed (laughs) um he uh, 
was like, he need, he has to be at the show and he's going to be there and bloody, bloody, blah. And, um, and meanwhile, Elton John's getting his stomach pumped. And then they did this really fantastic transition where they, it was like a factory. Like he goes into the hospital, he's getting his stomach pumped. He they undress him, they put they put him on a stretcher, they get him revived, they throw some more clothes on him, something flashy, goes stomping out onto the stage. I was yeah. like, oh my goodness. That was a great scene. That, that was, was a, a great transitional to the, to scene. To Rocket Man. Yes. But leading to that was him trying to kill himself and jumping into a pool and seeing his mm-hmm. like younger self, uh, mm-hmm. Reggie, on the bottom of the pool playing Rocket Man on a little piano. Um and again, coming out of that, pumping his stomach and all that other business, uh, I, I was brilliant. Um, I really enjoyed another one that's, again, would be like, would be a cliched musical number is him at the Hollywood Hills party after the first show in the Troubadour. And, you know, trying to keep, by the way, he throws his back at Bernie's face, which was totally unfair later on when Bernie hooks up with this woman who was like this beautiful woman that he's like, oh my God, you know, she's like, I love America. Wants to go. Yeah, pretty much like, oh my God, we got to stay here forever. Anyway, and he hooks up with this like really beautiful lady and he, he feels left behind somehow. And he has this look in his face, like, you know, and that's when we're like, oh my God, he's still like in love with Bernie. What's happening? We don't know. You know, cause it was just more of like, don't leave me kind of thing without right. saying, don't leave me. I need you kind of thing. Right. Um, which he, again, later on when he's trying to push bernie away throws at him like in that way right but he starts then singing you know a tiny dancer right and he does it through walks through the party and the music's playing and there's some scenes of bernie with the woman there's some scenes of other people partying you know doing drugs whatever dancing around him and stuff and he's walking through it playing this like really very like a very like like low not low, but like melancholious of sorts mm-hmm. um, song that's like really not a fast-paced party song, obviously, but it's a very slow song. It's a it's a really beautiful song. It's it's got a lot of emotion. Again, I get emotional when I hear that song. And he's going throughout the party singing it, singing it. And I, I thought in the middle of this like chaotic Hollywood Hills in the '60s like party filled with drugs and free yeah, love and they whatnot. They were at Mama Cass's house, which yeah. I know she was known for right. throwing great parties. That. And he's singing this like ballad, basically, you know, but it's not really a ballad about love. It's a way of love, but not quite. It's not like the typical, like stereotypical scene or stereotypical song. So it's very it was very cool how they did that. That's one of my my favorites. too. I just really liked a lot of them. Um, So that was one that really got to me, too. And that's when he meets, you know, his future manager slash lover, um, uh, John Reed, because, you know, he John Reed's like basically picked him up yep <laughs> you know totally. and he's a very attractive man <laughs> and, yeah and yeah. elton was vulnerable and yeah hey you know whatever right absolutely but you can tell later on as they kind of continue on that elton was like catching feelings man you know and thought there was something there that really wasn't there right exactly you know and just kind of the volatility of that relationship yes. was intense yeah. too violent too yeah because yeah he hit him yep yep exactly um I really loved um, the scene where I, I really loved the way that they kind of told his story where we didn't get the um, like when he kind of married this woman on the fly and then you don't see them. You don't see their relationship degrade. It just goes from they got married, great wedding, blah, 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 to one morning they're coming out of separate bedrooms they sit down together at the the table for breakfast but he's making a vodka and orange juice breakfast and she's pouring coffee and then he just says i'm sorry and that to me was a fantastic scene because we didn't need to see how they got there we just knew that they got there yeah that was I thought that was a, a really great choice by the director and by, you know, them putting that, that scene together to tell us the whole story of their marriage without telling us everything. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you with that. I know you just, you, you brought it up and I didn't really think about it. I just thought it was a really good scene until you brought it up and said it in those terms. And I'm thinking, oh, that is, a, a gr- that was great because you can see it in her face that she was crying, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and he was crying because he was a poly- and it was such a, 
it was like a very moving scene. And you can tell that she had no hate for him. Oh, no, exactly. She was just sad that it didn't yeah. work. Right. And that, and that it wasn't going to work. got to this point. Yeah. Because when he said, I'm sorry, he really meant it. And she said, I know you are. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God. I always get touched by um, stories of relationship because as a person who is married to the person sitting next to me talking right uh, with me. <laughs> Um, it's always interesting to see how people's relationships either flourish or degrade. I'm always intrigued with that kind of stuff. So it was really beautiful, but sad to see this scene of one minute. It's a a happy marriage and they connected and everything seemed great, but Elton John is gay and he, (laughs) you know, he had love for this woman, but not the love that could sustain a marriage like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it was just really, it was a really tragic yet beautiful couple of minutes. It wasn't even a huge It was a very short sequence, but it worked Mm -hmm. great. It it did what it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. It did everything Mm -hmm. it was supposed to do. Now, did you notice in the wedding scene, they were getting married. Everybody was smiling except for two people. Bernie and John. Yes. The only ones who were not smiling. Yep. And they were the ones that knew the whole story of Elton, the yep. closest ones to him. Yep. So I thought that was very interesting kind of uh, sequence of, of scenes there, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, man, I I really, back to like kind of the finishing end of this of this movie, um, towards the end, I should say, is the the him going back throughout the film to rehab speaking on himself and and the way that they went from showing us part of his life and then going back to like let's say the rehab when he's talking to the group and the face like a lot of close-ups of of uh, edgerton and his face and 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 the the expressions the emotions that he was putting out oh my god just great and then you culminated at the very end when he's he does the scene where he's speaking to his himself as a younger boy. He's speaking to to Bernie, his mother, his father, his stepdad, John. He's his speaking grandmother. his grandmother, all all those people that he's speaking to, in in a way to kind of have this catharsis on on his own life and just taking care of himself and 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 get to a better, get a, get to hopefully a healthier place in his life. And once that's done, th- they start a very like slow start to the song I'm still standing mm-hmm. and almost like a different rearrangement before we get into the, the 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 arrangement that we're aware of of the song and as they're singing that and the words and him going into the you know and I knew as soon as they put him in that outfit that oh that's I'm still standing that's the outfit he wore for the video for I'm still standing and he's singing in this very like slower down slow like like toward like it's Lo- as if he's bear building down? himself yeah, up. Yeah. It was stripped down. Yeah, stripped down. Thank you. Stripped, um, stripped down version of like so an standing. acoustic-y type. The beginning, I would say stripped down. I like that way you said. That's what mm-hmm. kind of I was looking for. Stripped, like beginning of it. Not the whole song, but the beginning of I'm Still Standing. And that's when it hit me. And my I couldn't help myself. I cried because I was like, this is a culmination of this person's life and music, which I love. And, and, and the fact that he went through so much and here he's finally getting over that. And the, the, the realization of himself of who he is and what, what he is and, and the forgiveness for himself and others mm-hmm. to, to go on with life without having this burden and this like weight and this, and this pain that it was just kind of like, it's like having an anchor on his neck and letting that go and he's still standing and of course the song comes on and i'm like i, I, I couldn't help it and then and then they show the cheesy video from the 80s which oh was my God, like that awesome video. which was awesome it was wearing me out I was, but that song but, but um, it, i'm still but standing it, but, it's a jam though yeah but you know the like the 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 sequence of of the 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 stripped down part leading on to the actual like like recorded yep. you know um version of the song it was a really great choice Loved they it. did a lot they had a lot of good choices in direction both both filming and musically mm-hmm. you know and they mm-hmm. were able to put it together somehow and it was just fantastic i can't say enough i would recommend for anyone to see this film especially if you're a, if you're a fan, fan yeah i would say if you're a fan i would you know if you have probably listened to this you or heard it already i wish i would have recommended before the spoiler side yeah right but um you know if you did you you, you would know you'd know that this is like 
I mean, it was so good. It was so freaking good. And I'm not, again, not someone who's into this type of film in general, this genre, but I was blown away by it. And man, my hat's off to, um, to Taryn Edgerton because holy crap, this is Oscar worthy shit. Um, I would say that, um, the imagery made it so that like at first I was like did Guy Ritchie direct this because it was a very kind of Guy Ritchie-esque type of um directing but I think like you said earlier the way that uh we know Elton John especially people who kind of knew him somewhat in his heyday knew of him somewhat in his heyday um you know him to be full of color and full of life and full of creativity and so when they used that imagery imagery to tell his story it made sense you know even if it was a little fantastical it made sense that you would attribute this kind of fantastical imagery to Elton John because he's such a fantastical person and character and always with this open heart you know so I loved it it was such a great film um loved that even though it was a musical it was a musical in a way that made it easy to swallow for people who aren't into musicals it made us further appreciate Elton John as a person more so than the character Elton John um, it really made me appreciate um, Taron, uh, what's his name, Taron Edgerton, Edgerton. Mm-hmm. Um, as an actor. And I really loved how they had great chemistry, even with um, between Taron Edgerton and Richard Madden, um, even though uh, Richard Madden playing his manager, John Reed, even though Richard Mad- Madden was kind of the um, antagonist the chemistry between them was fantastic. The chemistry between him and Jamie Bell playing um, Bernie Toupin or Toppin was fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a really great film. So I guess we need to get to the ratings that so that they have up so far. The IMDb and the Rotten Tomatoes, I have it up. I don't have Rotten Tomatoes. I couldn't find it. But I do have the IMDb as uh, 7.7 out of 10. Um Nothing on Rotten Tomatoes that I can see. Ninety percent. Oh, they have a ninety. Okay. Uh, so, wait, would you? Uh, let me ask you before you try to take over this podcast, Allegra. Don't don't come in here trying to take hosting privileges. I'll ask you the question. All right, go. All right. So, what do you th- <laughs> what do you think <laughs> comparably to like the seven point seven for um for uh, IMDb and ninety uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I guess I'll be certified fresh. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I don't I'm... know how these things go. English is hard. And I'm old, so I don't know these like that you know, newfangled, newfangled computer, things. computer internet things. Um, I'm gonna say ninety percent because I really liked it. I um, you know, that's an A. Yeah. I might go. I'm. I might go somewhere between eighty and ninety, but I. I don't think I would do seven point seven. I think it can be a little higher than that. So yeah, eighty to ninety percent. Okay. Uh, gosh, I, it's hard. I, the way I'm gushing over it, I don't see anything lower than a 10 out of 10 or a hundred percent. Um, maybe the only, the only kind of, uh, thing that may be a slight negative is the first, uh, the first musical number, mm-hmm. which didn't bother me per se, but I know that it would normally, mm-hmm. and only because I was preparing myself for the whole thing going you know what don't let the first number kind of throw you off let's let's watch the rest of it right whereas you weren't necessarily i don't think you were telling me you weren't necessarily know what you were getting into yeah i had no expectations saw, saw the first number and was like what the hell and then after that was kind of blown away by the rest of the film mm-hmm. and i could see why that 90 would be so i mean maybe i'll say 95 percent. you know okay 9.5 uh it's almost a 10 not quite because it's hard to get it i mean a 10 is i don't think i've given any movies a 10 on postage to be honest with you right um they're hard you know you have to be like almost like amazing amazing it has like to be the most amazing within nothing i can nitpick from you you and know what i mean i would i i go 85 to 90 because there it's there's some tropes you know you can't help it um we're talking about a traumatic childhood growing into fame and fortune with the, that baggage on yeah um and the way that the story was told was a in that aspect was a little like 
typical tropey. So that's why I do that. But other than that, I mean, that's just a nitpick. It's not going to make me yeah. not watch it again. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it again. Yeah. I would say that you're right about the, oh, yeah, you know, like brilliant mind, uh, brilliant, a brilliant artist, you know, gets the fame fairly young. Oh, my God. Next thing you know, what comes with the fame and particularly this time, this era of, of rock and roll, you know, the drugs and the it's sex the excess, and the yeah. excess and all that. And like crashing down, almost dying. And then how do you come out of that at the other end of the tunnel and all that the re, kind of redemption of sorts and all that. But Allegra will say this, even though that's it's not like that story has never been told before, how this story was told is it something I have not seen myself. Absolutely. So for ingenuity and storytelling, um, almost risk-taking at times, uh, and and the choices in direction and music, I don't know of any other movie that would, I would consider a musical that comes close in my eyes to this. Yeah, we didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody, although we probably should have since we both like Queen. Right. And both like Rami Malek. But... Um, but yes, I completely agree with you. The way that they told this story was fantastic okay, to, to kind of subvert those those tropes. But they were still there. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, but but the thing is that this is life story. So exactly. they're there because they're there. It's exactly. not like it's not no. like you're telling a story of, you know, you, you're writing fiction and you write this particular story, which is a trope of sorts. This is actually his life. Absolutely. So I you can't you can't say, well, can we change like half the stuff because it's tropey? Like, well, that's my life. I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> if it's you're like, Elton, can you you're go like, back oh. in time and change um, the typical way your dad one, acted to you. One thing that I will say that, that we haven't spoken on much here that I thought was great in the film is they did not shy away from who he is and his sexuality. They mm-hmm. did not shy away from any of that. That was like, this is Elton. This is who he is. This is what he's about, and we're not going to shy away from it at all. We're going to put it presented to you in this film because that's part of his life. Because, because I was thinking, and I brought it up to Allegra earlier as so we're driving home from the theater. It's like maybe thirty years ago, they yada yada that part, Absolutely. or don't even bother with it. Absolutely, they just won't even show it. Like we're just going to pretend Elton John is not is not a gay man, mm-hmm. um, because of our sense of you know our straight sensibility or whatever mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, all the hetero sensibilities or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like no, fuck that shit. This is his life. This is who who he is. He exists. Yep. So we're you know we're not gonna take away a part of who he is of his existence. You know then we might as well throw the whole movie away and say forget it. So no sugarcoating whatsoever. It does exactly how you want to talk because again this man's life and he is who he is. And you know no matter what, are people not gonna exist because we don't see them or talk about them or try to ignore them? <laughs> you know I mean <laughs> no. People that still exist. Correct. And on a superficial level, that scene, that first sex <laughs> scene between freaking Elton John and his manager, John Reed, um, was hot AF. I'm just saying for two straight actors, as far as I know, they have not come out. The actors who played these two characters um, for two straight actors, man. Woo! I would say that for actors because... It's. I was. It's funny you mentioned that. Let's go real quick on this one, because uh, I was thinking like you know, um, uh, uh, love scenes, sex scenes, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. Um, any any love scene or sex scene, right? Mm-hmm. Like how how awkward. Because I catch up with myself in that situation. Like man, even if I'm in a, in a sex scene with a with an actress, like say it's a heterosexual like relationship or whatever. Like how awkward is that? Like no, I right. would feel weird. Like oh man, like you're right. Like I don't want to make the other person uncomfortable and and then you know it's kind of weird like you have to play it off like you're oh you're so into each other or whatever but you're just acting it's just right. act it's a job right, right. so it, I, so then I, I thought of that and i thought of like well if it's a same-sex relationship either way you know male or female like yeah you have to play it off as this is like believe you're all into each other oh my yeah. god you're hot for each other that's the same thing you'd have to do with with anybody across from you if you're an, an actor playing a whatever role whatever scene you're doing so like I, to me, it's like, man, my hat's off to actors in general because it's not just coming out with emotions of like, you know, your face and like, like the the tears and you know the 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 heavy stuff like that or the the joyful stuff, you know, and and then you have to do freaking sex scenes too on top of that. Oh my god, yeah. I don't know how you guys do it. Sex scenes it's are like, the most. It vul- seem really yeah, sex more vulnerable. Is so yeah. one of the most vulnerable positions to be in. Um, and you're right, actors have to act like they're in this very intimate moment with five cameras 
two directors, makeup artists, lighting, all this stuff looking at them and they have to make it be believable. But I will say that there is something extra when you are a heterosexual person who has to act like you're gay, you know what I mean? Or act like you're not heterosexual. I think that that there's a little bit something extra with that because you have to make that shit be believable, dude. Like if that's not your... It, it might be more natural feeling to, if you're a heterosexual person, it might be more natural feeling to have a sex scene with another heterosexual person. But I feel like when you have to be, um, when you have to step outside of your sexuality and make that be believable, I think that's something special. And I, um, I'm sorry if that sounds ignorant, but that just seems... Like that's a little well, bit. Let's a let's flip next it. Step. Let's flip it and say any actor out there who is like uh, in the LGBTQ, uh, LGBTQ, um, uh, like um, community, community. Mm-hmm. who has to play like a heterosexual Absolutely. person. It's the same freaking thing. Like Absolutely. I don't know. You know, I I can't think of any actors or actresses at this point. But you know, um, what's his name who plays who was in uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Okay. Right. So he's one. So for for anybody who has to play like a sex scene and that mm-hmm. that I can see that, you know, but again, I think it has to do with the acting in general. But but see, this is what I say. This is kind of where, where it gets to be tricky to me in my mind because that's why I have to think of it in terms of like, what, what would it be like for me as a person being an actor going in like with a, with a, in a sex scene with a woman? You know, I'm a heterosexual man you know, cisgendered man, I'm going with a with a woman to do this sex scene or whatever. That would be fucking awkward as fuck too. Right. I don't think it matters. I think it's just awkward as fuck to do those scenes unless you're a professional and do it, you know, maybe the more you do it, the easier it gets or whatever. So I, I don't, that's why I don't necessarily want to put any more emphasis on anything, you know, a hetero actor. Oh, he's, he's acting. Yeah, no, whatever. I think that I'm even just thinking, if you were, I think that even if you were um, uh gay if you were gay or lesbian and you had to act like you were attracted to the opposite sex i think it would be equally difficult yeah i just want to yeah because it gets i i I don't know if i don't want to get things misconstrued or anything i'm just thinking what i'm giving equal value to those i'm just saying i think i honestly think it'll be awkward as fuck with anybody sure because anybody staring at you having sex period anybody right and you're like (laughs) half naked or whatever or mostly naked and you're over here with another mostly naked person who you're not with and you're like what the hell you know weird it just seems like oh my god that'd be so awkward anyway that's just me saying that but besides the point they didn't shy away from who Elton was. Mm-hmm. Elton is, I should say. I'm sorry. Uh, and that is something that if you're going to tell this person's story, you have to tell the whole story as best as you can, I would think. Do you know what I mean? Whatever um, whatever that that story is. So you can't shy away from from these things. And Absolutely. And I would have been critical if they did not tell that part of the story, which yep. I, I'll be honest with you. It's 2019. I'm not saying that they won't do it because right. we, still have, we still have like... <laughs> Hello, homophobic shit out there. Hello, homophobic. And uh, legislature that's homophobic and, and transphobic and all that stuff. Like, not just people's, like, let's say perceptions and act, actions, but legislature in the mm-hmm. laws and whatnot that are trying to do that, um, you know, be homophobic and transphobic and all those other things. So let, even though it's 2019, we still have all that shit. But, um, but I think it'll be, it would be, I think it would be, this in genuine and i think i'm and i would think people will be like not necessarily give it give credence to a story about elton john without showing who he is totally you know what i mean holistic view yes yeah so that so it would be it would just seem disingenuine and and i'm glad that they weren't and i think that's what made it so good you know so right that's my two cents so and a half awesome (laughs) anyway so like where can we find you now that we're finishing this up right now I know we've been gushing over this movie for <laughs> over an hour. Right. Um, if you wanted to yell at me because you think that I'm homophobic, <laughs> or 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 in a in a more I think um, in a more like positive positive way. light, enlighten mm. Allegra and why some things may seem that way possibly. Because look it. I, like I said, I'm a cisgender heterosexual man. 
I am definitely going to fuck up and I've definitely have fucked up. Oh, sure. So all you got to do is tell me what's up and be like, dude, we don't say this because that's some bullshit from you guys. Yes. From you guys. And I'm like, okay, I will no longer oh, yes. say that. <laughs> please, please correct me. I welcome corrections. Um, Always learning, always evolving. That's me. Um, So if you wanted to teach me a lesson, you can uh, tweet me at um, color underscore history of... And uh, you can also contact me within the Facebook group, Core Temp Arts Podcast group. And that's where all the hosts are. So, yeah, if I said something wrong or offensive to you, please give me a shout out. I would love to hear your argument because I love learning. Well, we're all learning anyway. You know, just I be respectful. Learning, so yeah, there's we're not, that. <laughs> you know, um, and if you want to reach me, I'm at Papa Elefantes at P-A-P-A-E-L-E-F-A-N-T-E. Um, and you can all always, again, contact, you know, if you're on Facebook, you can reach out to um, uh, Potstalgic and Friends, which is the Facebook group that uh, Peter put out there, uh, the, our fearless leader. Um, and also on uh, Cortem Parts um, Facebook group. You can always contact me there. I'm on both, you know, say what's up. Um, correct me also, you know, again, I can only speak for myself mm-hmm. and again not just ever evolving but also learning and and also realizing that there are certain things that may be offensive and if you tell me what's up i can find i can learn from that and not utilize that language that's fine with me it's not really difficult not to say certain things man I mean, <laughs> it's not really that hard language is always changing y'all. exactly and if i'm gonna belittle somebody or make them feel like like they're less of than human because of the words I use. I definitely want to change that because I don't want to do that. Correct. Yeah. Never right. want to do With that. that said, um, thank you for listening. I hope you guys saw this film. If you listen to this, enjoyed it. You know, even if you want to hit us up on Twitter and say, you know, you guys are completely wrong. You know, whatever. Yeah, I'd say it. I don't care. It's all good. It's all our opinion anyway, right? Yep. It's just our opinion. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to an original Cortem Parts Network production. To listen to more Cortem Parts shows, visit cortemparts.com.